Welcome to the High Performer Blueprint Podcast, where busy professionals learn the habits to become a high performer and live the healthy lifestyle they dream about. I'm your host, Leak Bola. Let's go. Welcome to the High Performer Blueprint Podcast. Today, we are joined by Corey Little, creator of the Anti-Diet Method. Corey, how are you today? I'm very good, man. Thank you so much for having me today. And I'm glad to have you, Corey. I know with your wealth of knowledge, the audience is really going to benefit from it. And I really want to go into, you know, everything related to the diet and, you know, everything as far as people that are going to want to set these weight loss goals. I know, you know, at any time of the year, there's so many people that are wanting to crush their goals as far as that. Um, So could you introduce us to yourself? Yeah, absolutely, man. I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. So as Lee said, excuse me, my name's Corey Little. And I am in my mid 40s, and I was fortunate enough to have a a really um, successful career in bodybuilding for about 10 years. That led me to study uh, health, and I have one degree in health, one degree in in nutrition science. Uh, And then after that, I began training people, trained people for about 20 plus years. And then um, finally, it's it's almost like people were, were a little slow to catch on to the power of nutrition. Nutrition's always mm-hmm. been my passion. Nutrition and the mindset and the psychology behind behind changing our food habits and changing just our daily habits and our you know even activity patterns and anything like this. But for years and years, way back, how, Lee, do you mind if I ask how old you are? Yes, I'm twenty nine. Twenty nine. Okay, yeah. So I'm I'm a little bit older than you. So back in like the early two thousands, late nineties, early two thousands, people really weren't interested in nutrition. They were primarily interested in, you know, working out. And so mm-hmm. it was a tough sell to try to convince people of the power of nutrition. Now we're of course in twenty twenty two, and people really understand how powerful and important important nutrition is. So it's really kind of opened up the doorway for me to begin to teach people a different way, other than traditional or standard dieting to, to really go about not only their weight loss goals, but their health goals and, and, and to really just improve their relationship with food, their relationship with themselves and, and to really have just a much better life overall. Yeah, I really like that. And that's what really, you know, caught my attention when we got connected, Corey, was just the things that, like you said, that you, you shared and really helped people with. And, you know, I'm a big believer in that as well as directly helping people be able to you know, create the healthy lifestyle and really make these changes within their diet and uh, really accomplish their weight loss goals. So, you know, there's some things that definitely I appreciate it that, um, you know, you have as far as what you share with, you know, clients and everybody. And one thing that I saw and I, I would definitely want to hear more about is on why do you believe people need to stop, you know, stepping on the scale? Yeah, that's a, that's an, beautiful question. I think it's such an important question and such an important topic. And to jump to the punchline, to jump to the answer, I believe that stepping on the scale too frequently is the exact thing that will keep you from getting to where you want to be on the scales. Now, let me explain that. Mm -hmm. I always like, I like to say on my podcast, I like to say in my coaching group, the scales rarely tell the truth and they never tell the whole story. And you you get this as a fitness right. professional, you understand, we understand like that man there's so much more going on inside someone's body than just that one number, but it's it's like for so many people it's become the only way that they can in a way assess their progress or their lack of progress. When in reality there's so many other things and there's so many other ways. 
And then what it does is when people don't see the number they want, it completely can screw with their head and, you know, kind of shift their emotions. And then that keeps them from doing the things here and now (laughs) that they need to, to get to their goals overall. So when people are stepping on the scales and, and, you know, if I had to guess, a lot of your listeners were probably maybe nodding right now. Like if they step on the scales every day, like, you know, in the, some people more than once a day, they step on the scale in the morning, they step on the scale at night. And so one of the big things that I like to teach and preach is that, Hey, we step away from the scales instead of stepping on the scales. And then once you do that, it's, it's really tough at first. And in my group, we call it like drinking the Kool-Aid because it's, mm-hmm. it's really challenging <laughs> to step away. But once you do that, once you break the, the power that the scale has on, on not only, you know, in telling you what you weigh, your downward force on the earth, that's all that number is. But once you step away from the power it has over your emotions, that frees you to take action now and to do the very things that you need to, that will actually make that number change. It's almost like we have this, this false idea that the more I weigh, like, or excuse me, the more frequently that I weigh, the more likely I am to make progress. And that's just complete, complete lie. It's complete bull crap. Yeah, you're right. I've definitely heard of some people, even like you said, doing it multiple times, uh, you know, throughout the day, doing it, you know, like you said, every day and uh, definitely I've seen how obsessing over scale can definitely create those, you know, negative habits. Um, so I know, like you said, you kind of help your clients move away from that and people um, that you come in contact. So is there like another measurement that you you like to measure if they're like, you know, concerned about their numbers as far as, you know, where they stand at on their goals? No, yeah, that's a great follow up question, man. So absolutely. We there's something that I like to talk about called life gained. I mean, because really, if we pull back from weight loss, the only reason people want to lose weight is because they want to gain life. They want to have a mm-hmm. better life. They want to enjoy their life more. They want to enjoy their body more. They want to have, have more confidence and have you know better health. And so in the big, huge, broad category of life gained, it's, man, there's so much stuff. It's, you know, it's your relationship with food. Are you less stressed about food? It's, um, wow, I have such, so much better energy. Like I have the energy I need and I want to do all the things in life I want to do. Like I have great energy when I get finished with my day to go play with my kids. I, you know, I have, I have plenty of energy to do the, you know, the, the, whatever the project at home that I'm working on. And, you know, not only that, like I notice now that I'm not constantly weighing all the time. Yeah. I've lost some weight, but even more than that, I just, I feel more confident. Like I feel better about myself because I'm not constantly judging myself based off of a stupid number on one little machine that sits in my bathroom, you know? So, and then there, of course, there's the other things, which again, you know, as a fitness professional, I mean, how do your clothes fit? You know, exactly. like, how do your clothes fit? How, what about what your doctor's telling you? How's your cholesterol? How's your blood pressure? You know, but there's just so many other ways that I believe that we can judge life gained And then the beautiful thing that I always see is once people become more and more focused on gaining life, they actually will lose more weight. And and it makes the whole process that much more fun and that much simpler and that much easier for them once they're more focused on gaining life and less focused on just losing weight and making the scale go down. Yeah, that shift definitely helps as far as like you're saying for people to focus on more of what they really want anyway right no one really cares about that number you're right like you want to see you know how you feel in your clothes you want to have more energy for your kids and just have you know better overall uh you know mood and everything so i definitely agree with that so Corey, i know like you said you've been 
you know, in the fitness industry since like the nineties. So I know you've seen um, some definitely changes with the fitness industry. And I know, you know, it's just like I say, there's things definitely wrong with the fitness industry. So in your opinion, like what is wrong with the fitness industry where we're at right now? Whew. Yeah. So man, we could do an entire episode on this, yeah, but, right. <laughs> but I mean, first of all, let me say this. I, I think there are some wonderful people in the fitness industry. I think there are some really well-meaning, you know, good intention to people in the fitness industry. I'm not trying to say that everyone's crooks and everyone's mm-hmm. terrible, not saying that at all, but I think that one of the, I think there are two big problems. And I think one of the, one of those is that the majority of the fitness industry are people like you and I, it's, exactly. it's people, it's, it's almost like if you had a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, physics, let's pick that. That's a great, that's a great class. That's really challenging for most people in mm-hmm. school physics. It's like if you had someone who was a physics teacher who just physics came really easily to them and they were like, why is this so hard for you? What's wrong? You know, like most of the fitness industry are people like you and I who we love fitness. We love exactly. We love eating healthy. We love working out. And then so we don't understand. It's tough for us to understand the challenges that our clients and customers face. So I think that's mm-hmm. one thing. Right. And then the second thing that I think is is wrong with the fitness industry is that is that it is so focused on results and not only in, and I'm sure people will be like, well, yeah, that's what I want to get is results. Exactly. And, and the marketers in the fitness industry, their job is to, is to get you to purchase a program. And so they, their job is to make money exactly. and they will sell people this before and after picture pipe dream of, you know, like, Oh, six weeks, look what, look what you can do. Well, what about six weeks after the six weeks? What about six months after that? Like, like what I always tell my group, what's the point in it? What's the point if you lose, you know, 30 pounds in six weeks, if you've gained 40, six months later, like, you know, we, unless you plan on dying in six weeks and you just want to look good for your funeral, well, then we should look at the long term here. But the, the problem is the fitness industry, they're, tr- they're trying to sell, right? They're, they're, exactly. they're marketing their products and they're marketing results, which are often, sadly, really impressive, but also really short-lived results. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you're right. That's what really dominates, you know, the the industry. And I saw one fact of like, you know, how much money the supplement part of the fitness industry makes compared to, you know, what we do as coaches, you know, as far as what's actually going to really help people compared to, you know, what less than 1% is actually really going to help somebody with. Um, so, I mean, you're right. That's just such a big part of it. And, you know, they sell the the false hope to someone that, hey, this, you know, quick thing that you're going to lose 20 pounds in two weeks is going to be the solution you need. And we know, like you said, what's going to happen in those six months when you gain, you know, double that weight and you're back to square one. So, um, you know, that's that's the big thing as well. And I know we we see that all the time. So, you know, one thing that stood out to me, Corey, when, you know, we got connected and, you know, checking out some of the things you talk about is you talked about the bully in the brain. And that's something, you know, I would love to hear more on. So can you explain the bully in the brain and how to under, overcome it? Yeah. So I think overcoming it is a is a is a massive process. I'll touch on that a little bit, but first let's just talk about what this bully in the brain thing is. And it really all boils down to one of the fundamental concepts that, that I believe and I teach, and that is to change your body, you must first change your brain. And really, if we think about it, to change anything in your life, to change your life period for the good, 
you must first change your brain. And we don't realize right. that with weight loss and, you know, getting fit. And again, with the fitness industry, it's like there are two primary um, variables that they always attack. It's, it's food and workouts. It's diet and workouts, you know, diet, workout, diet, workout, diet, workout. Well, guess what? Everything trickles down from your brain. So if you don't change that, you can, you can force a certain diet for, uh, excuse me, you can force a certain diet for a period of time. You can force a certain workout for a period of time. But if you don't change the root of it all, if you don't begin to change your brain, you're eventually just going to trickle back to exactly where you were. And so so with a bully in the brain, this is specifically, and, it, and my, the people that I really work with a lot are people who st- have struggled to lose weight or people who have lost weight and gained it back and lost it, gained it back. And mm-hmm. so they really, they kind of almost, whether they realize it or not, they're, they really have like a defeatist mentality because it's been ingrained, like either I can't do this or I can't do it long term. And so for so many of them, and I believe it's true for all of us. Exactly. Yeah, we have that little negative voice in our head. We have that little negative voice that its entire purpose is to discourage us and to get us to quit. It's going to belittle you and discourage you and pick at your weak points and pick at the, the really sensitive areas of you. And just, I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, you're beating the crap out of yourself. And so what I like to do is we personify this it's, and we call it the bully in your brain. Cause nobody likes a bully, right? You know, I mean the bully, right. you know, bullying sucks. Well, we all have this bully living in our brain. And the whole point is that that voice bullies us and, and it's just so incredibly mean and then beats the crap out of us. And so once people kind of latch onto this concept and then they begin really again, personifying that and going, wait a minute, let me listen to what the bully's saying. It's so powerful. And they have this incredible, like next level of awareness to go, wow, man, the bully was so strong today. The bully was saying this and this and this to me. And that's part, that's the beginning stages of overcoming the bully is being able to kind of separate what the bully's saying to you versus like what one of my clients said, you know, Corey, there's a bully in my brain. And then like, I hear your voice as the believer in my brain. Like there's, a, you know, there's this other voice hey. that, be, that believes in me. And so we have to separate like what the bully's saying and realize, okay, wait, that's not me. That's not true. Like, I'm going to hear that. I'm going to identify it. And then I'm going to speak up against it. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to put it out there. And then the, the, another huge thing we talk about in, in my group, well, think about it. If there's a, you know, you know sweet little seven-year-old kid on the playground and then here comes the bully, the big, bad, mean bully on the, you know, out at the playground and they've got them cornered. Well, that's what the bully wants. They want that sweet little kid there by themselves. Well, what if suddenly that seven-year-old posse rolls up, you know, all their friends and they're like, right. hey, what you going to do now, bully? Like, you know, we, we got his back. What are you going to do? That's exactly what I encourage people to do. Do not take the bully on alone. The bully wants you alone because then, man, they just beat the crap out of you in your head while you're alone. But once you put, once you begin to practice awareness and realize what they're saying to you and you put it out there and you have friends and you have supporters and a coach, a coach like you, Lee, or like right, me or exactly. like whoever, somebody to help speak truth into that. And, and to, to somebody that's got your back and can stand up against the bully with you. It's a game changer, man. It's huge. Yeah, man. I love that standpoint that you hit. You're right. We, I've always thought as backwards too is, you know, being in this industry is like, you're right. Everything's always marketed as, Hey, you need this workout plan or, Hey, you need this diet plan. But you're right. We, in reality, know the thing that someone's missing is like you said, that mindset part of it. 
And that's a big part that I focus on with my coaching as well is because, you know, if you're not addressing that, you're right. How is anything going to change? And it's kind of funny because you're right. Any other thing, mindset is always the big focus first before anything. And it's like, it's kind of backwards. And I mean, that is just a big thing you uh, to really uncover. And you're right. So many people that we've helped and they've gone through that were, you know, that self doubt, you know, really steps in and it tells them, Hey, you can't do it. You should quit. And you're right. That bully in the brain is something to definitely overcome. And it's so key with that. So I know, you know, Corey, you were a champion bodybuilder for 10 years, which is really awesome. And I know um, that took a lot of course dedication and desire within that. Um, how has being, you know, that champion bodybuilder help you as a coach? Oh man, that's a, that's a great question. It, it helped in a number of ways, some in really good ways and some in uh, opening, not so good ways, but, right. um, uh, you know, a lot, I've had, I've given presentations at high schools and colleges before and some like a freshman in college will come to me and go, man, I want to do what you do. Like, I want, like, I want to, you know, have the same occupation. I want to have the same type of career that you have. Like, what, what do I need? What do I need to major in? You know, mm-hmm. what do I need to study in college? And I'm like, look, it's great. I have a degree in nutrition science. I have a degree in health. Like learn as much as you can about, you know, the science behind what's going on in your body, the science behind food. But honestly, like when it comes to helping people change their body, so, so much of what I know was learned in the trenches of being a bodybuilder. Um, you know, using myself as basically like a, a test lab. Right. You like <laughs> that then, guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, exactly right, man. Using myself as a guinea pig and then also coaching other other bodybuilders because bodybuilders are masters at successful fat loss, at successful right. weight loss. You know, they lose fat, maintain almost all of their muscle. You know, and of course, when you do that, your metabolism still, you know, incredibly high. And so they're masters at that. So I learned a ton of really, uh, you know, incredible know-how and being a bodybuilder forced me to learn the science also behind everything because I never had a coach. I, I always coached myself in bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So it was really helpful from that perspective. But the other thing that was really insightful being a bodybuilder was when I quit bodybuilding, I got injured and I had a stomach infection. I had a bacterial infection in the lining of my stomach that it took doctors a few months to figure out. So in, in short time between the back injury and the, the stomach infection, I lost a ton of muscle. I gained some weight. I got also, I got married during this time and I had retired from bodybuilding. And so I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I need to get back in shape. Like once it was all resolved, I was like, I need to get back in shape. I want to get back in shape, but I don't want to do it the way I've always done it in the past. Like, I don't want to do some extreme diet and some crazy workout, you know, like mm-hmm. I gotta, like, I, there had, like, I don't feel real good about myself and I, I don't like all the methods that I know of to do aren't what I want to do. And then it was like, boom, it was like this epiphany. I was like, holy crap, this is how my clients feel. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. they, you know, like they don't want to do those crazy workouts. They don't want to do that extreme diet. And maybe they don't feel too good about themselves or how they look, but they want to get in shape. And so that really is what spun me down the path of really delving deep into psychology and into, you know, the, the whole brain portion of what we've been talking about and really trying to find practical ways to help someone change their habits and to really find that middle ground in in my coaching group, we call it the magical middle, because you may find short-term results at the extremes 
but I would argue you'll never find long-term results. You'll never find results that last at the extremes. So if someone, exactly. if someone has a, you know, a beach vacation coming up this summer and you just want to kill it for six weeks and look good for the beach. Great. Do that. But just know that come fall, <laughs> you know, most of that weight will probably be back. We have to find that middle ground. So, so exiting bodybuilding along with the injury and the infection, that was really a huge eye opener for me to kind of contrast what I did as a bodybuilder with what I wanted to do just as like a, a married, you know, family man that was trying to get back in shape. Right. I'm sure you, like you said, you got to learn the the things that went really well and the things like you said, Hey, I don't want to do that again. And like you said, you really could understand the the client point of view with that. I think that's really cool. So I know we've talked about it a lot so far in this podcast of talking about, you know, not being focused on the short term and really focus on the healthy lifestyle. So I know, of course, when someone comes to you, that's going to be a shift for them because you know, typically everyone is just going to focus on that short term goal. So how do you help someone, you know, with a weight loss goal adapt to the healthy lifestyle? I personally get them to, okay, I understand you want to lose your 30 to 40 pounds. We're going to write that on a piece of paper. We're going to fold it up and we're going to put it away. Like we have to get that out of sight. <laughs> and then, and then the very thing we're going to focus on instead of focusing on the weight loss is we're going to focus on the healthy lifestyle. And then, and then here's the huge, huge part that I believe is, is just vital and, and sometimes sadly overlooked healthy lifestyle. It sounds good. And people know, Oh, I need a healthy lifestyle. Oh, I should eat better. Oh, I should mm -hmm. eat right. Oh, I should eat healthy. Well, that's all vague. And when stuff's vague, it's, it's not helpful at all. You know, it's, it's, right. it's kind of, I mean, it's, it's crap. And so what, what I believe is so vital is to take that concept of healthy lifestyle and go, okay, you want to get to that 30 or 40 pound weight loss? Great. Here are very, very specific goals to do this week. This week, very specific things to do this week. And then we're going to track it. We're going, instead of tracking your weight every day, which is not helpful at all, we're going to track exactly what you do this week with these specific goals that are, that are leading you to a healthy lifestyle that are beginning to implant and ingrain that healthy lifestyle. And then that gives people, to, if people buy into the process, that allows people to go, oh, okay, this is all I need to do this week. Yep. Okay, great. Okay, well, I can do this. I can do it. Let's do it. Let's go. And then they can, they can take action. They can execute. They can track those things. And then we build and then we build and then we, and then they hit a speed bump. You know, this Lee, you're a right, coach, man. Exactly. You know, they hit a speed bump. They get a little discouraged and we go, Hey, it's okay. Look, no worries. Let's, let's dissect this. Let's figure out what's going on. Okay. Now here we go again. Here's some specific goals for this week and let's go and let's go and let's build. I think that one of the big things that's missing in health and fitness in general is specificity with flexibility. We can't, you know, there's, you, you know, Lee, there's crazy diets out there. You know, in the morning, you're going to eat one bowl <laughs> egg and, and right. have a grape and have a grapefruit. Well, that's good. That's specific, but there's no flexibility. So if the person gets sick of grapefruit and boiled eggs, it's like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to have a, you know, sausage and biscuit or a donut or, you know, whatever, depending <laughs> right. on, you know, what people like. So there's, we need specificity, but we also need some flexibility to, to really help people begin to implement these things into their life on a consistent basis. Yeah, I really like that specificity with flexibility. And then, like you said, by breaking it down to be like, okay, this is what you need to do this week. Because like you, like you said, you know that is what's going to help them build the habits. And I think that's so key. Um, so I know we've hit some points that definitely are going to help a lot of people 
with really wanting to take action. But I know for so many out there, they really struggle with that. You know, they can hear all the great information. They can see the other people around them, you know, be inspired and do some amazing things within their own transformations, but they still struggle with getting going. So what's the thing you would tell someone struggling with taking action on their journey? Yeah, man, I think I'm I'm glad you asked that question because I think you hit the nail on the head. There are a lot of people exactly as you described them who are, man, they want more than anything to lose weight and to take steps and, and, you know, in a positive direction. And they're just, they feel stuck and they, you know, they, Mm -hmm. they, they struggle to do that. They struggle to take action. I believe, you know, gosh, 99% of the time it comes down to one of two issues and and usually maybe even a combination of these two issues. Mm -hmm. Number one, people don't believe in themselves. They don't believe they can be successful. And then number two, they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed and they're overloaded. Most people are overwhelmed and overloaded from life period and everything life is thrown at them. But then when they think of like the whole process of, oh my gosh, I got to start a diet and I don't even know what the right diet is. And then a workout and like, what workout should I do? Should I hire a trainer? Should I do Orange Theory Fitness? Should I do CrossFit? Should I, you know, wait a minute. I read an article about this or should I just become a runner? You know, uh, like it's just, it's just overwhelm and overload and there's conflicting, confusing information. And so guess what? When we're confused and we're overwhelmed and then on top of that, we don't even believe we can do it in the, you know, in the first place, we're not going to take action. Shocker. Like, you know, it's, it's not going to happen. So what I would encourage people is this. Number one, don't like, don't you, you may not believe you can do it. And let's just use Lee's example from earlier. You want to lose 30 or 40 pounds. Maybe you mm-hmm. don't want to lose that much. Maybe you want to lose more, whatever. We're just going to use 30 to 40 pounds. You want to lose 30 to 40 pounds. Maybe you don't believe you can do that. It's okay. That's all right. You don't have to believe that you can do that. Write that number down and then fold it up and put it away, put it away, get it out of sight. You don't have to believe in that. What you have to believe is that you can at least show up for yourself now today. And then now that you've got, cause you can do that. You can do one day. You may not, you may not believe you can lose 30 or 40 pounds, but you can believe in yourself for one day. Absolutely. So we got that. And then the other thing, when it comes to all that other conflicting, confusing stuff, I really encourage people to just, well, the, honestly, I encourage people if they feel that conflicted and that confused to oftentimes to put their name on the dotted line, like find a professional that you trust, find a professional that you connect with that you know has your best interest at heart, somebody like Lee, someone else in their community, somebody, whatever, find someone that you connect with and you trust and get professional guidance. Now, if that's not an option, well, then just simplify things as much as possible. Just do something simple and go, you know what? I'm just going to drink more water. I'm going to drink more water today, and I'm going to show up for myself in that way. The more you can simplify things, and then focus on short-term rather than long-term, the more likely you are to take action and then actually get to that long-term. Yeah, that is huge. I think, you know, of course, what we do as coaches is really help people with what you said, those two things. If you're feeling overwhelmed, how easy is it to when you're working with the coach, when they create a program that's specifically designed to you to take that workload off of you? Or like you said, you know, as you mentioned, like the bullying of the brain, we know there's things that are holding people back where they don't believe they can do it, but we understand to get them to that part of believing in themselves. And we know that's how it's going to help give them exactly what they want in that lifestyle. So man, Corey, this was awesome. I've learned even a lot myself. 
And I know plenty in this audience is really going to benefit from it. So where can our audience get connected with you at? Absolutely, man. First of all, thank you so much again for having me. It's been my pleasure, Lee. And, and uh, man, I always love connecting with other honorable, reputable fitness professionals like right. yourself. So, so it's been my honor. And uh, if anyone does want to get in touch, you can reach me at CoreyLittleCoaching.com. That's C-O-R-E-Y little as in small, L-I-T-D-L-E, CoreyLittleCoaching.com. And then I also have a podcast called the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast. Um, and it's on all of the typical, you know, podcast platforms. And I'm sure Lee will have, you know, links to some of this stuff, uh, you know, in the show notes for this episode. So I appreciate that, Lee. Exactly. They'll be able to find you there. So once again, thank you, Corey, for joining and really appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thank you for joining us this week. To view the complete show notes and all the links mentioned in today's episode, head over to ltaperformers365.com slash performer. Before you go, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And if you love this podcast, feel free to leave a review. And if you're ready to create your own high performer blueprint, be sure to head over to ltaperformers365.com and we'll talk soon.